Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So you knew at some point in time around here that we would take the glory and the joy of the national championship and we'd point this thing square at Gainesville, Florida. And we would remind those lousy, stinking Gators who have been giving so many Georgia fans grief for such a long time about having not won a national championship. When the trophy was finally the possession of UGA, there'd be a little bit of a reckoning for some of those Florida fans who have you know, said a lot of things here over the course of the years. And so as a way of just kind of keeping it fun here for a while, we are still trying to shake off the cobwebs from uh, having been in Indianapolis. So let me do something kind of fun here for a moment. Apparently there is a Florida basketball player, and I apologize for not knowing a, a ton about this, but apparently there's a Florida basketball player that's from Athens, played high school at Cedar Shoals. And um, having you know lived in the Athens area, played there for uh, Cedar Shoals. By the way, great basketball heritage there at that program. Think about Terrell Bell, Carlos Strong, great uh, former Cedar Shoals uh, players that went on to play at UGA, of course. Uh, McDonald's All-American, Carlos Strong was. But nonetheless. So, guy from Cedar Shoals playing at Florida, so... He apparently loves UGA football to the point where he's like live streaming himself on the gram uh, celebrating Georgia's national championship the other night, much to the chagrin, much to the to the dissatisfaction of the Florida fans who are seeing one of their own just so happy about UGA. So if you want to get a little taste of the hysteria that, that Florida fans are kind of going through, but the idea that their hated rival, the Georgia Bulldogs, are now on top of the college football world as national champions. Let me give you a little taste of this video of a Florida basketball player who was cheering for UGA and then got absolutely uh, just, I mean, attacked by uh, Florida fans for having the temerity to, to experience joy out of something that's bringing Florida fans such, such misery. This is very funny. Uh, take a look at this and listen to this there as well. Oh, my gosh. They look, bro, me and Myron going to be riding down, riding down uh, university, blasting. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Hey, all in your blue-ass car. I'm going to be at the sunroof. Who let the dogs out? Oh my gosh. A little bit longer, hold on. That's so tough, man. He said transfer. I got one year. <laughs> I got one year. What the hell? Go dogs. <laughs> That's a goat right there. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. So this is Flanders Fleming. That's the Florida basketball player's name. The uh, video was captured by, I think it's it's uh, In All Kinds of Weather, which is, a uh, I guess, a Florida podcast or something along those lines. So um, that's the story there. Florida fans, so mad. They're telling him to transfer. I mean, like, the message board behavior of Florida fans since George won the national championship has just been off the rails. And uh, poor uh, Fleming here kind of runs square smack dab into all of that. They look at him celebrating. <laughs> He's giving you a – first of all, uh, shout out for the fact that who let the dogs out is even still a thing. 
That song was popular in like the late 90s. You got a bas- college basketball player here in uh, 2022 who's still throwing it back to, uh, uh, is it the Baja men? Is that who did Who Let the Dogs Out? So first of all, shout out for that, uh, going back to the classic uh, on that. But also the idea that he's giving the go. He got the red Georgia hooded sweatshirt. I mean, that looks like something I'd wear on this show. It's a Florida basketball player who's wearing that. Uh, Gators fans were upset. So, so then poor Flanders Fleming, for whose only crime here, his only crime is cheering for his favorite college football team. Played at Cedar Shoals, I believe. You know, got a connection to the Athens area. That's literally the only crime that he is uh, guilty of here. He happened to cheer for the team that is from the town in which he used to live. Florida fans just so miserable, though, that they make him so miserable that then he has to give, like, one of these hostage video-style apologies as if he had, you know, run afoul of cancel culture here. So let me show you this there as well. I think we have this later on. I mean, this is like something that you would have to do if you, I, I don't even know, I'm not even going to down the road, but uh, here it is, to Gator Nation, I apologize for the uproar that my actions have caused. This is real. This is this is a real social media message from Flanders Fleming, who all he did was cheer for Georgia in the national championship. So he says, to Gator Nation, I apologize for the uproar that my actions have caused. I grew up in Athens my entire life rooting for Georgia football, and last night was a night uh, overjoyed reaction to the ending of the game. I'm very grateful for the opportunity the University of Florida granted me, and I'm totally committed to the Gators. Again, I am – listen to this. This is real. Again, I am deeply sorry to the fans, the school, and the athletic department for any disrespect that my words or celebration may have caused. So, apparently, the athletic department said, hey, you got to go out there and clean this up. you got to go out there and apologize. Otherwise, why would he even mention the uh, athletic department in that? So, this is how, this is how miserable people in Florida are right now. They are so bothered by Georgia's national championship that a Gator basketball player has to give a hostage video style apology just for the simple fact that, um, you know, growing up in Athens, his hometown team wins the national title and he's out there celebrating. And I am here for all of this. So this leads me to an honest question. And like one of the things, and, and this question is probably more for those that like watch the show on a regular basis that are really a part of you know, what we do around here on a regular basis. One of the things you probably notice is, and we've been doing this now for seven years, something along those lines, we don't make a lot of changes, and we make changes very slowly. I just get kind of comfortable doing things a certain way, and once I've kind of gotten used to you, you once I've kind of gotten you used to things being a certain way, I don't like to surprise you with anything too new. I don't, I don't like to make wild changes around here. It's sort of like your favorite fast food restaurant. You kind of go in there, and you sort of know what's in the menu, sort of know what to order. You kind of turn to that for sort of a sense of comfort food like that's what we try to be around here too we're kind of a certain sense of comfort food for people we don't like changing things up too much and like at the end of the show we've done Gator Hater Countdown forever we've done this for such a long time count down the number of days since uh uh you know Georgia has you know a, a number of days until Georgia goes back and beats Florida again we did briefly change this for a while to the Gator Hater Updater which was counting the number of days since Florida last beat Jordan. That was kind of fun for a while, but the sense that I got was that people really liked the Gator Hater Countdown, so we sort of changed it back to that. We've been kind of doing that now for a couple of years. Here's my question. Knowing that we around here believe that a good Georgia fan is a Gator Hater first and foremost, and knowing that Eddie loves the idea of you know living on top both in that rivalry and just around the college ball world all the way around, should we now give Florida fans a taste of their own medicine? Remember Dan Mullen and the 
the spring game attendance of how many days it had been since Georgia won a national championship and all the talk of, I mean, no one has pushed the 1980 narrative more so than Florida has. No one's done that more so than them. They have, they have done that more than anybody else. They have pushed the, you know, 40 plus whatever years, uh, you know, that's just the kind of thing they have probably done more than anybody else. So here's my honest question. For those of you who've been with us for a long time, who enjoy the stuff that we do, do you think at the end of the show when we do the Gator Hater Countdown, we're still doing that because we've been doing that since 2016. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep that going. Uh, but do you think in addition to that, we should now turn the tables, turn it straight back towards Florida, and also give them a reminder every day of how many thousands of days it's been since their last national championship way back in 2008 before some of y'all were even, you know, you weren't even in college yet. Uh, you know, the current recruits weren't even in kindergarten as of yet. 2008's a long time ago. Um, I mean, my life's changed so many ways since 2008. Some of yours has, has there as well. So for the Florida fans who fed this to Georgia over and over again, do you think we should turn the tables on them and add this to – because it's been – I mean, some of y'all have even told me it's been several thousand days, I believe, since Florida's last – uh, national championship. Should we remind them of that each and every day when we do the Gator Hater Countdown at the end of the show? I actually want you to weigh in with me on that at Dog Nature Daily. You can put it in the comments section there as well. And maybe we'll start making that a part of our regular canon around here. That that when we uh, kind of give a shout out to those lousy, stinking Gators at the end of the show, we may also drop a little reminder in there as well that. Uh, not only are they going to be toting homo whipping from Georgia here coming up in less than a year, but they are also dragging around a long drought of their own when it comes to playing at the national championship level. By the way, no school from the state of Florida finished in this year's top 25 to give you an idea of just how dominant Georgia is right now. Success taking food off the table for those uh, Florida Gators. So weigh in on that. Let me let you know. But for those of you who have been too busy to pay attention, it's also kind of nice to know here as well that Georgia's national championship is being received in Gainesville, Florida, about the way that you would assume that it would. They are absolutely miserable, miserable about it, and that makes Georgia fans quite happy indeed. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, or I should say the daily podcast of fans of the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. You cannot say that enough. And we're going to put that to the task. We're going to say that plenty here over the course of the next year. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Big thanks to our friends at Merriweather and Tharp who make it possible. I mean possible on all the platforms. Video at 945 or thereabouts on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch after that at 10 a.m. Uh, who knows? We may have added more video platforms. You know, we may be like the uh, the Galactic Empire. We may be just, you know, adding more stuff to our uh, wake each and every day. And I'm not even not even aware of them yet. But I at least know we're on those video platforms. We may be on LinkedIn. We may be on whatever else. I don't, I don't know. But we're at least on those other platforms. Podcast form, of course, all across the uh, fruited plain there. Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 96 The Ref. Here's what I can promise you. Uh, there are a lot of folks who tune in to listen to us on the radio each and every day who live in that Athens uh, community, and some of them still had not slept yet. I mean, so, uh, and they're not sleeping past Saturday for sure because that's the uh, national championship parade. I don't know when Athens is going to uh, stop partying, but it is on its way uh, heading in towards the weekend, so we're happy to be a part of all of that. And by the way, look forward to telling you more over the course of the next couple of days exactly what it's going to look like for Dog Nation there on Saturday. Just know this. We're going to be a part of it in a huge way. I'm going to be on video a thousand times, um, uh, you know, just throughout the day inside. You know, just It's just going to be an unbelievable experience. I um, 
so many of us have just dreamed about this for such a long time, and it's come to pass. It's going to be the day we've all wondered about in Athens on Saturday, and I just can't wait for it. I am, I am so, so excited about it. So we'll tell you more about that as we get there, and just can't wait for all that. I know our friends at Meriwether and Tharp are thrilled about it there as well. I kind of interacted with them a little bit on social media uh, over the uh, course of the uh, week there from Indianapolis after the win there as well. Of course, your source for Georgia Divorce. And here's the thing, like as much fun as they love having, and you know Bob and Ashley are, are good friends of mine, the Tharps, and I know a lot of the folks who you know work there at Merriweather and Tharp there as well, uh, a lot of folks who love the dogs and have fun with that. But, you know, they are the folks that also kind of get back to work. Remember, like I'm still sort of in post-game celebratory mode. I, you know, I, I still have a little bit of a – case of senior out here on the uh, on the heels of Georgia winning the national championship we just kind of float in and do a little bit of show and you know kind of float back out here and I've been mostly spending my time watching these uh, recap videos the folks at Meriwether and Tharp don't quite have that luck here because they have to do hard serious work so they had to shake off their you know post-game hangover and get back to it uh, at the beginning of this week coming back home from India or wherever they were you know kind of watching the game because they know that a lot of folks in a very serious situation are depending on them. And this part I'm not joking about. I am being serious about this. Is that as much fun as they have with dogs and all that kind of stuff, they're also dedicated to helping people through a very challenging time. And coming into the new year, it can be kind of a reminder that, you know, this is maybe the year that you said that you were going to do the thing that you needed to do to kind of take care of a relationship that you now believe is severed beyond repair. And I don't say that lightly. I, I completely understand the challenge that comes from, you know, you know, for, from living in a relationship that's just not working anymore. And if that's what you find yourself in, then doing the thing that you need to do to set yourself up for a more successful next season of your life, I think is going to be really important there. So that's what our friends at Meriwether and Tharp can do for you. They're your source for Georgia divorce, free resources, access to an initial consultation that's also free there as well, where you can tell your story and get some expert advice about what you should do next. That is what Meriwether and Tharp can provide for you. So find them online, theatlantadivorceteam.com, theatlantadivorceteam.com, Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. All right, it's Terrence Edwards coming up in just a moment. We'll get serious with Terrence a little bit before we're done because obviously there's transfer stuff to kind of get into here a little bit. You know, we knew this was coming, and it's kind of gotten going here over the course of the last couple of days. It sort of starts with Amir Speed, who makes his announcement right there on the heels of um, uh, – you know the the win against Alabama on Monday had a chance to bump into Amir's father a little bit after the game, and they were so thrilled for George winning that national championship. And honestly, you know, if he's ready to kind of move on and do something different with his final year of eligibility, I, I shake his hand. I wish him well on all, all of that. I think Amir's a good looking ball player, man. He's a you know he's a big, tall defensive back. He's gonna have a you know, a lot of opportunities if that's what he wants to do. So, uh, you know, they were certainly you know good soldiers through all of this. And yes, we are around the doghouse here, presented by our friends at Surf Pro. You know, they were kind of good soldiers, you know, through all of that. So if that's what he's ready to do, move on, look for somewhere else, you sort of wish him well on that. You know, there's the message from Amir Speed uh, right there. He says, the last four and a half years, you've embraced me, my family, and shown us so much love all around the city of Athens. It's been an amazing journey. And I won't read all of this, but it's very well written and very well said. He said, um, I've decided to enter the transfer portal and uh, kind of move on. Let me read this last sentence. I'm, I entered the transfer portal and look forward to continuing my education, continue to live out my dreams. God bless y'all and go dogs. And as I said before, I bumped into his dad. We had a nice moment the other night. And 
it was just uh, it was just a, a, a cool thing. And so I, I wish him wish him well. And I like him here. I think he's a good looking ball player, and I think he's going to be good somewhere. And I would love to have had him back in Athens. But if that's what he wants to do, you kind of wish him well on that. I feel the same way about uh, Justin Robinson, who's also now put his name in the uh, transfer portal. He said, "I'd like to thank all my teammates, coaches, and the awesome fans of UGA for making my time as a dog very special. In the last two years, I made brothers for life that'll never change. As a team, we've done some amazing things." be forever grateful for my experiences. Uh, he says, I have uh, made the tough decision to enter the transfer portal to pursue other opportunities. And I, you know, I, I wish uh, him well on that. He's another one of these guys. You see Justin Robinson just kind of walking around street clothes, something like that. This is a big physical receiver, uh, you know, coming out of uh, Elka, you know, great looking ball player. You know, I've also kind of gotten to know his you know, family a little bit here over the course of the uh, last couple of years. And, you know, that's another guy that I'd love to have seen him stay at Georgia. I'd love to see him continue that education there at UGA. But he's going to move on now, it seems, or at least consider the possibility of moving on here. And if he finds a happier home somewhere else, a clearer, better path towards playing time, I think all you can do is shake their hands and say, hey, thanks for making history here. Thanks for being a part of a team that won a national championship. And best of luck to you where you decide to go. There's also Jalen Kimber who's out there now. And, you know, Kimber kind of adds to that list of um, – you know, who's, you know, uh, of who's going into all this. And, you know, maybe a guy like that reconsiders, decides to stay there at some point in time, but he is in there, you know, for now. And, you know, maybe he finds himself a new home there too. And there are just going to be more of these names that come up. We're going to talk to Terrence Edwards about this more in just a minute because Terrence obviously knows uh, Justin very well. We'll ask him about some of the rumors that are out there that other guys who may come in here. And this is just one of those things that concurrent to being happy and celebrating a national championship, we are going to do that. We're also going to kind of cover the other news that's out there. And what this is, and we're going to keep reminding you this over and over again, what this is is reflective of the age in which we live in, in which, you know, it's not just the access to the transfer portal. It's that one free pass transfer to go wherever you want. Most players are at least going to consider their options when it comes to that. And by entering the portal, they kind of throw up an open for business sign for people to reach out to them. Now, in some cases, a lot of these programs are, reaching out to players before they go into the portal. And I don't like that. I think that's the kind of rule that college football should enforce. I don't think you can have just free, unfettered access to tampering. I, I think that you got to stop that at some point in time. But for the guys who want to open up themselves to opportunities to have that conversation, I, I don't think you can say anything other than that's their freedom, that's their right to do that, and that's what's going to happen. So there are going to be more names on the way. Kirby told John Tuesday morning that he's already aware of some of these, and he was grateful that they decided to wait until after Georgia claimed its national championship to go out and do this. So that's what's out there so far. There will be more, but that's just kind of where things stand at the moment, and we'll talk to Terrence Edwards about that here coming up in just a minute. Before we do that, though, let's remind you that Around the Doghouse is uh, presented today by our friends at ServePro. And, of course, ServePro does some great things for you because when it comes to your home, you know, there is that moment where sometimes something bad happens, right? You get some fire damage, you get some water damage. I told you the other day, my mom was just cooking something, right? And lo and behold, she stepped away for a second, stepped right back over there, and she said, there's like this flame coming up out of one of the eyes on the stove. Now, thankfully, everything was fine, but that's how quickly something can happen sometimes where it's like, you know, just fire just bursts up out of nowhere. And, you know, that can create kind of a mess, can create kind of a damage, uh, a lot of damage to a home. Water the same way. You give water enough time, it'll make the Grand Canyon. Imagine what it can do to uh, your home in a short period of time there as well. So when you got fire damage or water intrusion damage or something like that, the folks at ServPro step up. Their restoration specialists can get you cleaned up, get you fixed up, like it never even happened. I mean, if you're watching a video, look at the army of 
uh, folks and all the kinds of uh, equipment, everything else that Surpro's got to get this done for you, uh, they know how to get it back like it never even happened. Their franchise are also independently owned and operated there as well, so they'll take good care of you. It's servepro.com. That's the website, S-E-R-V, servepro.com, and they're going to do some great stuff for you. Getting you fixed up after some fire damage, water intrusion, or whatever else you might be dealing with, they'll get it back like it never even happened. So our friends at ServPro presenting around the doghouse to us here today. All right, so before we are done, I'm going to take a little bit of a brief victory lap over something I said going into the national championship game. We'll kind of have some fun with that. We're going to mock some people for what they've said about Kirby Smart in the past. Um, we're going to bring an SEC mystery to a close on today's show. This actually has nothing to do with the national championship. It's just kind of a fun thing I want to touch on there for a moment. But for now, when it comes to transfer portal stuff, when it comes to the 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 glory that was Georgia's national championship, no better person to talk to than a guy that has, I know, dreamed about a moment like this for UGA for quite some time and a part of the foundation that makes it possible for Georgia to go out there and win that national championship. So what do you say? We just have some fun looking back on it all and looking ahead to what's next. With the great former Georgia wide receiver, our good friend Terrence Edwards, it's a Marlowe's Tavern insider update. Great to have him and all of you with us here today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So we'll say hello to uh, Terrence Edwards. And, you know, listen, Terrence knows what it takes to succeed at the highest level when it comes to football. He's keenly aware of all of that. And he's obviously lived and died with his team for a long time since he himself was a great player. So, you know, Terrence, I, I know it means a lot to you. So would you mind here as we kind of get going here today? You know, what does it mean to you when Georgia wins this national championship, when Georgia goes out and gets it done against that arch nemesis Alabama and, you know, in, in such a spectacular fashion there in the fourth quarter? How did it feel to be you on Monday watching all of this go down? Uh, you know, I'm going to always take it from a player perspective, B.A., yeah. and I just think 41 years, all the former players have put in the blood, sweat, and tears to try to achieve this goal that these young men achieved. It felt like I was playing in the stands, and I was in the stands watching, and I couldn't be you know, more excited for these players first, these coaches, and then Dog Nation. I mean, we didn't, we've been very close. I just wish in 2002 that we had to play off because yeah. my senior team would have had opportunity That's to right. compete for this. So That's right. I, it, it just, uh, man, I'm just super excited. It's, I'm like the players, I'm lost for words. I mean, all the posts I've seen and all the players that I know personally that I know what they put into this game to be champs um, I, against Alabama, against what they say we couldn't do it. I'm so happy for Stetson Bennett, yep. for so many people who say he couldn't do it. We can't win a national championship with this guy. What is Kirby and Monkin doing? I bet you those same fans still celebrating this championship just like everyone else this morning. So I'm 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 so happy for this team. I'm so happy for Dog Nation and I'm just extremely happy for all the players for the last forty years that, that played and worked and did everything that they could to try to achieve this goal but didn't. These players these players achieved this for us. No, I think that's exactly right. And here's one of the things, Terrence, I hope you understand. And I said this in the post game show, I've said this now a couple of times is that I really believe the Mark Richt era is part of the story of how Georgia got here. Because as you said, you guys were as close as you could be in 2002. And there's no doubt that y'all were one of the four best teams in the country that year. And had there been a playoff, you would have had a chance to win the whole thing. I mean, the Ohio State team that did win it that year 
Um, if they could do it, then y'all could have done it, and it could have been a national championship back then. Circumstances just, you know, were a little bit different. But when y'all won the SEC that year, that was the first time in 20 years that Georgia won the SEC championship. Here's what people don't realize is, like, the national championship drought that has existed for Georgia until Monday night, when you came along, you know, there was an SEC championship drought that existed. The Georgia had just been kind of off the national stage. And Coach Rick changed all that. He won the title with UNO2, came back with uh, DJ and them and won in 05 and came very close to, to you know, a, a national championship himself in 2007 and then again in 2012. And it's like he knocked on the door so much and get, came so close to doing that. And along the way, I, I believe that's laying a foundation that made it possible for Kirby Smart. When Smart took this program over at the end of the 2015 season, even though the job became available because the fact that Georgia had come up short a few times, the fact is Kirby didn't inherit an empty cupboard. He didn't inherit a program that, that had no connection to success. There had been some recruiting wins. Kirby just got more. There had been some wins on the field. Kirby just got more. There had been some success. Georgia was clearly in a different place from a national perspective than it was prior to Mark Rick. So here's the thing that I hope, and I'm Terrence, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of your former teammates over the course of the last few days, and frankly, I hope Coach Rick himself knows this. Maybe one day we'll get a chance to talk to him about this ourselves. But I hope all of y'all realize that there is a, a keen appreciation that the baton that Kirby Smart took and ran with across the finish line was really given to him by some of y'all who had a very high level of success of your own and had certainly helped to rebuild the Georgia program to where a national championship was even possible. I hope you guys have an appreciation for that. I think so. I think the true Doll fans understand the contributions that Coach Rick uh, put into this program. Uh, I don't know if you saw B.A., but I got an opportunity to see Coach Rick uh, Monday night organically. It didn't happen. I didn't know it was coming, but at tailgate that myself, Ray Brown, David uh, David Jacobs, Damian, Damian Gear was at, and Coach Rick just happened to walk in and, all of us got an opportunity to walk on that stage with him. Yeah. And it was just a chilling moment that I get to see my coach, and we all know what he's going through right now and the way he loves Dog Nation and what he loves Athens, Georgia. I'm pretty sure he felt just appreciative, as I am, of winning this championship. And the, and the crazy thing about it, it's historical as this team is, B.A., if we was under the old rules, they wouldn't have been in a national championship game. So give Coach Rick his flowers because he had some teams that were very close that have been yeah. in the top four because of the rules we had with just the BCS. He he would have had an opportunity to play in, in the college football playoff. And it's crazy to think that this team, how great this team we think it is, they would have been out under the old rules. So I just think Coach Rick deserves a lot of credit for you know, putting us back on the map. I'm, I'm very appreciative that I have a, a small part in helping us bring a championship back to Athens, a SEC championship back yeah. to Athens in 2002. And, uh, and I know the, the Dog Nation really loves Coach Rick and, and, and blessed to what he was able to do in his 15 years. And now Kirby has took that baton and ran with it. And we're all blessed and grateful that Kirby Smart is all head coach. And I'll also add this there as well. The other coach that you played for, Jim Donnan, a guy, a guy that I've always really liked and enjoyed – 
you know, I think his tenure as Georgia coach is kind of reconsidered here there as well, not to mention the fact that one of his former players, uh, Champ Bailey, gets the very deserving honor of going to the College Ball Hall of Fame. Frankly, it's weird that he wasn't already in the College Ball Hall of Fame. I think that's probably the most surprising part of that, of how come he wasn't already in the College Ball Hall of Fame. But nonetheless, the fact that, that you know, uh, you know, Coach Don, in addition to coaching other great players like Champ and Heinz Ward and, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, he's also the, the coach – at a, you know, bringing up Kirby Smart a, a, as a player, and, and so much of Kirby's you know training happens under Coach Donnan, and so much of the love that Kirby clearly has for UGA was cultivated by playing for Coach Donnan. And you know, I think when you kind of look at those, some of those other coaches there as well, you know, their time at Georgia is, I think, reconsidered appropriately so here because of the impact they made on Kirby that allowed him to become the man that he is right now. If you go back and rewatch the. You know, the, the introductory press conference when Smart was first announced as head coach, you know, he gave credit to Mark Richt on this. He gave credit to Jim Donnan on this. He gave, he gave credit to Ray Goff on this. He gave credit to those, you know, those, those coaches that kind of predated him. And I do believe their legacies are now reconsidered for the impact they made on Kirby that helped shape him into the coach that he is now, the coach that brings a national championship back to UGA. Oh, most definitely. I think about just sitting here listening and just thinking about Coach Donnan that the recruiting classes that Coach Donning brought in with myself and all the other guys and Coach Rick had had the opportunity to uh, benefit off his recruiting class. Then Kirby had the opportunity to benefit off Coach Rick. So all those coaches had a big part of this success, and they should all celebrate as if they're the coach that actually won because all of them have played a part. Coach Donning plays a part because he recruited Kirby, and, yeah. and he, he toured Kirby, and he mentored Kirby. And I, and I know Kirby loves Coach Dunn, and Coach Dunn loves Kirby, Kirby back because they saw something in Kirby a long time ago. If you look at Kirby right now, if Kirby was in high school, Kirby wouldn't recruit Kirby. Yeah, but Kirby right. was so smart. He's a smart player, and that's what is leading to him right now. His smart as a player overshadowed his physical talent. No, I think that's exactly right. It's our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update with our good friend Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily here today. And by the way, make sure you check out Marlowe's Tavern. Always great stuff going on there at Marlowe's. And one of the things you can do to take the best advantage of all the fun things at Marlowe's, including the tavern right there in your own neighborhood, is becoming a Marlowe's Tavern Insider. You know, Terrence Edwards is our Dog Nation Insider here, but you can be a Marlowe's Tavern Insider and get all kinds of great incentives that goes along with that. So let me tell you exactly how to do that. You can go to marlowestavern.com or you can download the Marlowe's app and you can register. Now, when you do, you're going to get $10 off $30 just for signing up. And when you sign up and you become a part of the Marlowe's Tavern Insider Club you're, uh, and you spend $15 on food and beverages, you're going to earn a qualified visit. Now, when you complete four of those qualified visits, you're going to receive a free complimentary entree reward up to $20 on your next visit. You can redeem your free entree at your favorite Marlowe's uh, Tavern right there in your neighborhood. You can also get special offers for your birthday and everything else there as well. And the best news is there is no cost to becoming a Marlowe's Tavern Insider Club member. Just simply download the app or go to marlowestavern.com and get signed up for all of that today. So, Terrence, as much as I'd love to kind of just bask in the glory of a national championship here, I think there is a couple of serious pieces of business we have to take care of at first. First of all, Justin Robinson does uh, announce that he's entering the transfer portal. A lot of Georgia fans liked Justin a lot coming out of Elko, where he had a you know great high school career. And you know, you look at you know kind of what he brings to the table as a player here, and certainly he has a very bright future ahead of him somewhere. It sounds like for now that he's considering his options other than UGA here. I, n- I know you're close with Justin. Um, 
What can you tell us about what Justin might be going through here, what he might be thinking about here, and obviously taking advantage of a, uh, a right and an opportunity that now exists for players to, to use that one-time transfer option and kind of look at what's best for them. What can you tell us about Justin's thought process and all this right now? Well, I haven't spoke to him personally. Uh, I spoke to his parents last night. We had a long conversation, and I don't know right now because he just put his name in the portal what option he's going to explore. But uh, I can tell you this, the young, the young man has a talent, untapped talent that uh, he has at, at 6'5", 220, a legit 4'4 guy, high 4'4 guy with, uh, for some reason right now, uh, it just didn't work out there. Uh, what I'd like for him to stay and continue to work and, and be the player that I think he could be, yes. But like I tell all the guys that I, I work with and train, I'm never going to tell you where you should go or what you should do. I'm team Justin wherever you go. Um, so any advice he needs from me, I'm here to listen, to help. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, him and his family have to sit down and make a decision that they feel that's best for them. And uh, and, that, and that goes for in the recruiting process that I have the kids that are coming out of high school. I give you my advice. I give you the pros and cons. And, and my last statement to them, now you have to make the decision that best fits you and your son. So uh, I'm just waiting as well to see uh, if he calls. I'm not going to call him myself because he's right now, he, he's, an, he's an, an adult, so he can make his own decision. But if he uh, chance to call and ask for my opinion, I would give him my opinion and let him make his own decision. But someone is going to get a guy that uh, I don't think people understand how good he is. He didn't show it right yeah. now, and I, I would let him know that think there once he got his opportunity you have to take advantage of that in games but I can tell you wherever he goes people are going to see why I think he's such a uh has a unique skill set I hate to ask you but I'm unsubstantiated rumors but I think there are a lot of folks who are curious of your opinion here there's been some chatter out there of well maybe Jermaine Burton might consider something like this you know there's, there's a lot of concern out there about who else is going to be entering the transfer portal is there anything you can tell us about Jermaine's situation right now uh, I, another, I haven't spoke to him. Uh, last time I talked to him, it was on IG Live after the game. I just sent him some messages. He, he told me he would call me. Yeah. So I haven't spoke to him either. Uh, I've been hearing the rumors as well, but I'm not going to, you know, chase him down and see what's going on. I just sent him a text last night and just told him, I'm King Jermaine. Whatever he does, he decides to do, uh, I'm with him. Um, and I just hope he knows that. Uh, what I would love for him to say, yeah, again, that's another one. If he decides to leave, I'm Team Jermaine, and I'm gonna help him in throughout this whole process. But uh, he haven't told me that he was transferred. So until he tells me he's gonna get in the portal, then he's not in the portal. So let me ask your opinion about this, if you don't mind. I don't mean to take too much of your time, but I do think folks uh, value your opinion here. You know, there, there's a debate that goes on among some fans of well. You know, just for the sake of conversation, let's just use Jermaine Burton here. Of well, if, you know, if Georgia rotated less at receiver, there'd be more touches to go around for guys like Jermaine, and maybe that would kind of give them the kind of production that they want to maybe be happy at UGA. I'm not telling you that's what Jermaine thinks. I, I I don't know. I'm just using this for the sake of conversation. There's a debate that fans have about the fact that Georgia does rotate a lot at receivers. There's a lot of different guys on the field, and maybe for some guys they're not getting as much playing time as they would get other places because they're sharing snaps with somebody else. As a receiver yourself, how do you feel about the way in which Georgia kind of handles that where, hey, a lot of guys get on the field, guys, a freshman like A.D. Mitchell gets a chance to you know, have a touchdown in the college football playoff. In other cases, you know, maybe you know, guys that 
would like to think of themselves as having a chance to kind of put up big numbers. Their numbers are just reduced and diminished because they're sharing time with other receivers. What do you think, generally speaking, of the way in which Georgia rotates at the receiver position? A lot of guys get on the field, but some guys maybe don't get as much playing time as they would get somewhere else. You know, I'm going to speak from a player, as I always do. I wouldn't totally agree with rotating as much when I play. Uh, we didn't rotate that much, and I think, and I still think I had the best receiving core as a whole in Georgia history with myself, Fred Gibson, Damon Gary, Michael Johnson, like that whole crew. I still think uh, Reggie Brown, we didn't rotate as much. Uh, we was in in certain, certain packages, but 99% of the game I was in unless uh, I was tired. So I could, I could truly understand and that as a receiver, we're not getting targets because we're rotating so much. Uh, I don't, and I'm not there, so I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, it worked. We won that championship. But as a player, selflessly, I can understand that sentiment of we were rotating. And as a receiver, getting two to three attempts a game, that would, I wouldn't like that either. I'm here to try to help and show my talent as yeah. well. And I tell all my players, as a player, you got to be selfish to a point. You got to be a team guy, but every player is selfish to a point because they want to show t- showcase their talent as well. My selfishness is going to come up under the team umbrella, but I have to be a little selfish because I believe I can help this team win by showing my talent as well. And I'm sure he's frustrated about the lack of balls that is going his way and the rotation. He haven't told me that, but just from a player. I can understand that sentiment. Last thing for you, and uh, like I said, I appreciate your time. I hope we didn't take too much of it here. Um, and I hate to come go back down the rumor mill here, but a lot of folks are curious about this kind of stuff. There's some chatter here that it seems like that Cortez Hankton could be on his way out of UGA and maybe going to LSU to be a part of Brian Kelly's first staff there. That's not a report. That's not news. It's just the kind of thing that's been in the uh, rumor mill and the uh, – and kind of the, the, the chatter on the internet here. Um, is it your expectation that Hankton could be on his way out here, choosing to go take another job somewhere else? Um, I haven't um, asked him myself. I haven't heard that. He haven't told me that. And Coach Hankton and I are very close. Uh, have a great relationship. Uh, would I be shocked? No. And I can't fault him. Why? Because he's from Louisiana. Would he like to go home and coach? I, I would assume so. I would love – if I was in his position, speaking, I would love to go to Georgia if I was coaching somewhere else. And would I love to come home? Yes. So I, I get it, and I will understand him going home. And I think, you know, people give him a lot of flat. Coach Hankin is, is a dang good receiver coach. He developed all these guys. I mean, look at the guys that we put out there. People always talk about rankings. Look how Ladd developed. Look how A.D. Mitchell developed. Like, look at all these kids that he's developed. Recruiting is good. You have to go recruit, but also style makes fights. So if our style doesn't fit a top receiver's style, then he's not going to come to Georgia. So the, the kids that he's bringing here, he's developing. He's developing these kids. Look at all the kids we have with Terry Godwin and all those kids he developed. So, uh, you know, that's the rumor out there. I heard it as well. And, you know, uh, and I keep hearing my name and Heinz's name. Of course, I'm not in the coaching rank on the college level, but what I love, yes, I would love is that opportunity uh, presented itself. But uh, right now we have a receiver coach and Coach Hankton, and he's a dang good receiver coach. Well, you know this. I mean, first of all, it's like 
I wouldn't want to lose you as my uh, Marlowe's Tavern Insider update uh, guy. I wouldn't want to. I certainly wouldn't want to lose you off our show. But if there was ever a chance for a uh, Dog Nation Daily to endorse any candidate for any job, uh, Terrence, you would certainly be our guy for the wide receiver or anything else. Uh, We'd obviously be, be uh, big fans of yours on that. Of course, it would also mean we'd lose you as our Thursday guest here, which we would, I guess, have to sort of suck it up and uh, say goodbye to you. But you would always have our support for anything like that. I can promise you that. Thank you. Thank you. And as you know me, B.A., we could talk ball all day. If you need me longer, I'm here for you. Well, Terrence, uh, have a great day, my man. Uh, congratulations on being part of a national championship program here, and we will look forward to speaking to you again soon, all right? Thanks, B.A. Good stuff. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a job that I wouldn't endorse Terrence Edwards for, whether it be you know wide receiver coach at Georgia or anywhere else, or governor of the state. <laughs> like I'm a big Terrence Edwards fan. I would, I would. There are very few jobs that I would not heartily endorse him for, including a spot on that coaching staff if that opportunity ever became available. But I also agree with them on this, and like I think Cortez Hankton's actually done a a better job at Georgia than sometimes he's given credit for because both in terms of the recruiting success that Georgia's – like Georgia's wide receiver recruiting has actually improved under Hankton. That's one of the things that people I don't think fully appreciate is that they've actually recruited a better caliber of receiver, at least based on recruiting rankings, than they were prior to uh, his arrival. And secondly, when you look at some guys who don't quite have that recruiting pedigree, I mean, uh, A.D. Mitchell could have – I mean, this is this is a guy that that was just trying to get somebody's attention at one point in time. I mean, there are a lot of SEC teams, and some of y'all know these stories pretty well. A lot of the, there are a lot of SEC teams that um, that had their shot at AD Mitchell and kind of turned their nose up or whatever else, and um, you know that's kind of water under the bridge now. But he caught a touchdown in the fourth quarter of a national championship game, setting Georgia up for the win against Alabama. That's the first line on A.D. Mitchell's resume right now after one year in college. And, yeah, you do give uh, uh, Cortez Hankton some of the credit for that. So I agree with Terrence's overall sentiment on Hankton. And, you know, listen, like there's only so much rumor mill stuff I can do because so much of it's unsubstantiated. And, you you know, you saw some of the stuff that Chris Milton said on you know Twitter a little earlier this week about, you know, unsubstantiated rumors that people just kind of run with from time to time. We've got too big of a platform to be – you know, too wild and crazy with a bunch of unsubstantiated stuff. But, you know, when you got Terrence in that particular situation, if people are asking this stuff, you might as well ask him directly and give him a chance to say what he knows, say what he wants. And so we're going to do that um, while also just trying to be mindful of every single crazy rumor that's out there. We can't just run with them all. But when it's appropriate to ask someone who's, you know, somewhat connected to the situation, we're going to, you know, do that for you here too. So, we're going to, you know, kind of parallel tracks here. On the one hand, we still got to, I mean, I, I still got a job to do, right? I still got to show up here and do the work of covering this team each and every day. And over the course of the next few weeks, that's going to be transfer portal and NFL draft declarations and, you know, players maybe coming to Georgia, whatever else, coaches potentially leaving. There's going to be a bunch of news to cover. But similar to that, you know, simultaneous to that, we are still very much on cloud nine about Georgia winning the national championship. So we're going to be happy and celebrate, and we're going to, show up here and do the work of covering this team on a daily basis there as well. So we're going to try to do all of that for you. We're also cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean here. Let me just say just real quick, nobody sets the standard better for having fun on a cruise ship more than Royal Caribbean does. They have put so many of their resources towards making the onboard experience unlike 
anything you could ever imagine. You know, the ice skating stuff and all of the incredible things, the shows, Broadway-style productions, obviously the bars, the lounges, the live music, things like that. Royal Caribbean is just renowned for this. And so if you've been maybe on the fence about, you know, taking a cruise vacation, trust me when I tell you that what's happening on the ship is so much fun that I think it's just going to just blow your mind about what's even available to you. So check out my friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority, TCAVA.com. That's TCAVA.com. Number 770-952-8300. That's 770-952-8300. Why do we recommend them? Because when it comes to booking a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, what you want to do is trust someone who knows about these uh, uh, Royal Caribbean cruise ships better than anybody else. That's what we believe our Cruise and Vacation Authority friends can do for you. They're also UGA grads. We like you know just doing business with folks that love UGA. So that's good there on that. But uh what they do for you, great there as well. So, Cruise and Vacation Authority, get going with that there today. Um, let me also say this real quick, if you don't mind, and I promise we're going to get back uh, to some content here in a minute too, but I am really excited about this. Can I just tell you about the fact that there is a really cool new book coming out from our friends at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution? And look, this is not an ad read. This is just me kind of just saying this for a moment. They invited me to be a part of this. And I cannot tell you what that meant to me. Uh, when uh, Terrence was on here a moment ago, he was talking about, you know, what they did in 2002, Rick's second year, and we talked about how that was like kind of the foundation builder for what became a national championship. Well, when Georgia won that national, I should say that SEC title in 2002, the AJC came out with a book back then. It was called Destiny's Dogs. I remember this so well. Uh, Destiny's Dogs was was the name of the book, and. I bought it. I displayed that thing forever. You know, you came, came into our, you know, oh, oh, you know, everybody's got kind of like their own man cave type thing. You know, my version of that. I had that book, you know, displayed in an easel. So proud of that. Just such a cool, you know, way to remember a great special season for Georgia. And over the course of years, you know, my family would have always gotten all of these special commemorative things like this. And I, it never would have occurred to me that one day I would get a chance to contribute to something like this. But uh, I have uh, written a piece that's going to be at the end of this book, and I just I, I am so thrilled about it, man. I, and you know, when you think about like the great writers who've you know covered Georgia for the Atlanta Journal Constitution over the course of the years, the great stories they've told to be in the same publication as as them is it's really an overwhelming experience for me. I would say that my family will probably buy several thousand copies of this book. So um, if you want to, uh, if, if you want to get one, you better race uh, my mom and my grandmother and my uh, wife. Uh, you, you better race them to the uh, to the uh, you know to the to the publishing house on this because uh, I would say that my family is going to scarf up all these. But if you're watching a video, you see the cover. Uh, Top Dogs, The George Bulldogs, Remarkable Road, The National Championship, a very special commemorative book from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that Dog Nation's proud to be a part of there as well. And me personally, uh, I'm proud to be a part of there too. It's a 128-page book. It's a soft copy, limited edition. Uh, I also have a limited edition 
so it's 100 so you have a soft copy version and you have a limited edition hard copy version there as well if you want that it's going to be a great collectible the same way we kind of love those 1980 coke bottles this is going to be kind of a, that kind of collectible thing there as well and so many of you've kind of gotten all the field edition stuff things like that this is going to be the big one right here this is going to be the thing that really tells the story and commemorates george's national championship there as well it's top dogs uh let me tell folks how to can you put it back up there for one second i need to tell folks how to get there so it's triumphbooks.com slash georgia wins triumph that's t-r-i-u-m-p-h triumphbooks.com slash georgia wins or you can also call uh 800-888-4741 it's 800-888-4741 i am so so thrilled to be a part of this and just cannot wait for you all to read this it's going to be uh, shipping out very very soon so looking forward to being a part of that and it is just the overwhelm it's just an overwhelming experience to be a part of it so with that said we got to get the train back on the tracks here let me do a, a few things uh just very very quickly so you know one of the things that um i have kind of taken my medicine on over the years if you go back to the old old days of dognation.com if you really search this long enough you can find it I wrote a column when Kirby Smart was first hired as UGA coach that basically questioned whether Kirby was the right coach for Georgia. And over the course of the years, I have taken my medicine on this a thousand times. I I have rewritten stories at dognation.com, essentially making fun of myself for writing the column that I wrote. And like the the th- the points that I made in that column we're all, I think, fair points, and I think they were you know, accurate points, which is, hey, a program like Georgia should have maybe considering hiring someone with, with uh, head coaching experience. You're trusting your program to a guy that's never been a head coach before. Uh, I-, I talked about the fact that, hey, a lot of the coaches that had had a recent success in college football, those were more like offensive-minded guys. Kirby's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, I kind of laid out some, some issues that you might have with Kirby Smart being hired that were all f- – I think fair arguments and they were accurate points, but like the one thing that I just didn't fully appreciate was how much Kirby's tenacious energy, how much his love for UGA, how much his desire to, to, to build an unmatched behemoth was just going to transform the program as quickly as it did. And I mean, it was fairly obvious very quickly, well before Georgia had great success in 2017, even in his Kirby's first year, it was fairly obvious that Kirby was on the way to transforming the Georgia program. And the thing that I'd written was going to look, really silly really soon and you know I don't take myself so seriously that I couldn't laugh at myself or really swinging and missing in a big way I don't write a ton anyway so it was one of those things where I was asked to do it I gave my opinion and in retrospect the opinion looked horrible horrendous and I've laughed about myself for that many many times that when you get it that wrong you just sort of have to own it and you kind of move on well I guess not everybody has the same perspective on this uh Dan Wolken and I realized some of you, you know, think whatever about Dan Wolken, and you should probably assume I think whatever as well. I don't really get into like that kind of thing when it comes to you know media types, whatever else. But apparently, he's deleted one of his old tweets because I guess some Georgia fans were kind of digging this up and you know you know bringing this up with him. I think we have a copy of this, Michael. Do we have a copy of this? Can we show this on the screen here? So so um so you go back to November 29th of 2015, 1:31 p.m. This is way back then. Dan Wolken tweets, this is, uh, for those of you who don't realize, uh, Wolken is a columnist for uh, USA Today. He says, this hire will say a lot about how Georgia sees itself. Kirby is easy, unimaginative, 
unambitious hire. That was uh, Dan Walken and uh, a uh, example here of a Georgia fan reminding him of that. Well, Walken has since deleted the tweet. And listen, I don't do media beef stuff, and certainly y'all don't go, you know, attacking you know Walken over something like that. Uh, um, uh, the only reason I even bring this up on the show is because, like, I I didn't say anything as tacky as what Walken said there, or as you know as uh, aggressive as what Walken said there. But I, I at least had the courage to leave my stuff up. Like, if you search on the internet, I think you can still find it. In fact, if you want to see what I wrote about Kirby, I, one day I filled in on Around the Doghouse. That's the the uh, the uh, the old like written piece that we used to do it. Uh, not Around the Doghouse. What's 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 the thing called? It early in the morning. Good day UGA. I filled in on Good Day UGA, and uh, so I, I I kind of remembered my old Kirby Smart piece. So you can search that. Uh, I, I, I kind of titled it "Worst Article in Dog Nation History." So, if you want to go back and read my thing about um, about uh, Kirby Smart, I believe it's still on the internet. Um, so, if you want to search that you, "Worst Article in Dog Nation History," that was the headline. I believe you should find that if you Google it. I, I at least left mine up, um, whereas Wolken deleted his tweet. But I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, something else there as well, and this has nothing to do with the national championship. And I'm one of those guys that. When it comes to barstool sports, a lot of you know who they are. Like, I'm not a barstool lover, nor am I a barstool hater. I'm a, like, and, 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 like, it seems like everybody in the world's either a hater of barstool or a lover of barstool. I kind of like some of the stuff they do. I enjoy their golf podcast, for instance. Uh, other things, I don't care about quite as much. I just, you know, you know, just don't really even they're not really in my orbit quite so much. So I'm sort of in the middle when it comes to barstool. But there is a video, and I don't have it to show you here. You can easily find it. It's all over the internet where they did like eight minutes, which is kind of long if you think about for like the internet world we live in now, although I'm 60-something minutes in the show already, so maybe I don't have any room to talk here. Um, they did like eight minutes or whatever on the Jim McElwain shark story. Y'all, this was really, really funny and really good where, you know, they obviously brought up the thing with like, is it McElwain? They interviewed his – you know, he now coaches at Central Michigan. They interviewed some of his players about that, and you know they're clearly kind of nervous about even talking about it. Then there's like the rumor that it was like the Jimmy John sandwich guy, like the mogul that I guess runs the Jimmy Johns, and that's actually who I thought it was. Like I knew it wasn't really Jim, uh, Jim McElwain, but I thought it was the Jimmy Johns guy. Um, uh, like I don't even, I kind of don't even want to spoil the video for you because you actually really should watch this. But the, eventually, they track down who the guy really is that was the shark guy for some reason I thought this was really well done and really good and McElwain who has not always had a great sense of humor about this actually did uh really participate well in this video so um if, if you want to if you think this sounds like the kind of thing you'd like you probably should go watch it I thought this was actually really pretty good so you can go check that out the mystery of Jim McElwain and the and the shark thing Barstool Sports actually did a pretty good job on that. So uh, with that, we'll make that cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Let me also give a quick shout-out to my friends at Classic City Lager here for a moment because last night I have to say that I was pretty banged up, pretty tired over the course of the last few days and so glad to be home, right? It's like I loved being in Indianapolis, but I also just loved being home. So uh, sat on the couch last night, put on my uh, pajamas and – Flipped on the uh, replay of the national championship, popped the top on a couple of classic city loggers, and 
just had a good time, had a little pizza, had some classic city lager, and rewatched the national championship game. It was so fun. I just like I don't know that anything in life could have been more fun to me than sitting on the couch with a little classic city lager, replay the national championship game. Like if you told me I could have gone to Vegas, like I think I would just rather just stayed on the couch and just watched the replay of the game and have a little classic city lager. And I know many of you are kind of in that same mode right now. You're just sort of ready to chill out. Well, when you are, classic city lager is a good choice for you. It's from Creature Comforts Brewing Company. It's you, you've heard me tell you this a thousand times. You know what it is. Uh, get some. Uh, I cannot wait to toast some folks with some classic city lager, hopefully this weekend there in Athens. Enjoy yourself some. It's a craft-style lager beer. It tastes delicious because everything from Creature Comforts Brewing Company tastes delicious. So enjoy some of that today. All right, one more thing before we get ready to wrap up. We have a very fun golden shoe we're going to do here in a moment, a very personal golden shoe. We're going to do this here in a moment. But I do have to do one thing here real quick. Some This is kind of close the loop on something. So I told you going into the national championship game that my prediction was that when Georgia won, Nick Saban was going to pull Kirby Smart in close for his postgame handshake, and he was going to just really give him a little more than you might think that Saban would typically give Smart. I thought that uh, Ross Dellinger had a great story at SportsIllustrated.com last week, but the fact there's not a lot of love loss in the relationship between Saban and Smart. I told you all that last week, too. Some of you didn't believe me, but the Dellinger story kind of laid it out, the fact that over the course of time, this relationship has just kind of been severed there a little bit. They have not been super close. The Sports Illustrated story I, you know, did a pretty good job of kind of laying out why that was, but I said, hey, post-game, Saban's going to bring him in close and really you know, show some, show some love to him and then after the game, I thought that you know Nick Saban was going to try to put himself back in the position of mentor over Kirby Smart. Talk about how proud he was for his former lieutenant and just just how happy he was uh, to do all this. And what I said was this was kind of a way of Saban making himself part of the story, kind of taking partial credit for uh, Georgia's national championship by saying, "Hey, I'm the guy that taught you everything that you know." Well, I think based on what Saban did say post-game here, I do get to claim a little bit of a victory for all of this. Let me let you hear Saban from after the game. I feel like this is a W on my scorecard. Take a listen. You know, I love Kirby. Uh, I think Kirby has a lot of respect for us. Uh, He did a great job for us for a long time. Uh, If we had to lose a national championship, I'd rather lose one to one of the former assistants who um, sort of did a great job for us and um, has done a great job with his program and his team and Uh, If any team deserves, um, they deserve it. They played great all year. So listen, I don't get them all right, but I feel like I may have nailed that one there a little bit with uh, Saban's behavior post-game, so I at least want to take a bit of a victory lap on the way out the door here today. So I want to show you this for our golden shoe today. Uh, One of our great Dog Nation listeners, his name's Bob Zamblin, gave this to me as a gift when we were at Marlowe's Tavern the other day. Now, no judgment here but the fact the bottle's already empty. Uh, I saw the way some of y'all were drinking this weekend, too. So so no judgment on this being already empty, but we were very happy after Georgia uh, won the game. So this is a bottle of Redemption Bourbon. Now, I hate to give them a free uh, ad here, but um, but nonetheless, this is a bottle of Redemption Bourbon, which, by the way, I very much enjoyed. The uh, rye notes here delicious. But what Bob did was is he kind of superimposed his own Georgia-Alabama logo on top of this. Now, listen, he's not selling these. This isn't bootleg. He just made this and gave it to me. Okay, this, this is not like some business that he's running. It's not counterfeit. He just made this and gave it to me. But Redemption Bourbon, Georgia-Bama for the redemption Georgia got against Alabama, you better believe this tasted sweet after the win. So, Bob, thank you for that. Uh, golden shoe to you there as well and for all of you who toast that national championship hope it was good for you as it was for me 
By the way, speaking of, those lousy, stinking gators, 289 days from now. Dogs back in Jacksonville to beat the gators again. And we'll tell you tomorrow if we're going to add the national championship drought to Florida to our our post-show sign-off. But nonetheless, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And uh, celebrate in style, everybody. We'll talk to you then.